Hi, everyone. Welcome to Around the World in 80s Movies. My name is Vince Leo. I'm the author of the film review website, Quipster.net. I invite you to check out over 4,000 of my written reviews. You can be there anytime. Quipster.net is where to go. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. I also want to let you know that I do another podcast that covers brand new movies that are out in theaters. It is called the Quipster Film Review Podcast. Just search for Quipster wherever you're listening to this right now and you'll find it. Just remember that Quipster is spelled with a W instead of a U. Today we're going to continue on the second of a three-part series that looks at hip-hop films of the 1980s. Last week we did Crush Groove from 1985. We go back a couple of years to a film that is credited as being the first, or at least one of the first, of the hip-hop films and among the best that have been made, primarily because it really does capture the authenticity of hip-hop in its adolescence, I guess you would say. Wild Style is what I'm talking about. It's a film from 1983. I've only seen this film once before. I saw it in college. I vaguely remembered a lot of the music, but not necessarily a lot of the storyline from the time, so it felt very fresh re-watching it for this review this week. It is an R-rated film. It does have sexual references, drug content, and language. The runtime is an hour and 22 minutes. Lee Quinones, or George Quinones, is the main star. Lady Pink, Fab Five Freddy, Patty Astor, Andrew Witten, Busy B, The Cold Crush Brothers, Rocksteady Crew, The Fantastic Freaks, Double Trouble, they're all in this film. You got small roles going to Grandmaster Flash, and Kumo D is very briefly in this film. Grand Wizard Theodore, Grandmaster Kaz as part of those rap crews. Charlie Ahern is the director. He also contributes the screenplay, although he mostly contributes the story. A lot of the dialogue was improvised by the actors. Wild Style is a drama that has some documentary-worthy concert performances. The Wild Style itself, a slang term for the jittery kind of lettering of the graffiti. You can see it especially in the poster for this, the logo for the title Wild Style. It's a seminal hip-hop film. It covers some of the origins of the art form in the home that it flourished from, the rundown areas of the South Bronx. In addition to rap music, the film takes a broader look at hip-hop culture. It includes street graffiti, breakdancing, DJing, turntablism, whatever you want to call it, house parties as well. And our thread through that story is this Puerto Rican graffiti artist named Raymond, played by Quinones. Raymond has a pseudonym as an artist of Zorro, and he explores a variety of ways to take his talent to make a living out of it by transferring his skills with spray cans to canvas, and that culminates in a neighborhood wheeler and dealer named Fade, played by Fat Five Freddy, of course, known to most people as the future star, one of the stars of Yo! MTV Raps. Fade tries to secure Zorro's chance to decorate the main stage at a big hip-hop concert venue in town. There are some side stories in the film involving Raymond's attempt to keep the interest of his fellow Lady Love named Rose, who also is a fellow tagger named Ladybug, as well as Fade giving the tour of the underground scene to a big-time fish-out-of-water New York art columnist that's played here by indie actress and former New York gallery owner of renown, Patty Astor. She's looking for her next big scoop. So the film, although a lot of people claim it is plotless, does have some story threads to it. Now, Wildstyle is written and directed, as I mentioned, by Charlie Ahern, who conceived of this film with a collaborator and supporting player, Freddie Brathwaite, a.k.a. Fat Five Freddy. Fat Five Freddy thought that 
Ahern should make a movie about what's actually happening in the local underground art and dance scene instead of trying to make another martial arts flick that he had been intending. He had made a film a few years before, which is why he met some of the people that are in this film, a follow-up to his first film called The Deadly Art of Survival. Ahern cast Lee Quinones, someone he had met who exposed him to the underground hip-hop scene before it was ever put on wax while making that film, this one being his first attempt at making a non-martial arts flick. He later cast non-actors in most of the roles, mostly playing themselves or some sort of variation of them. Lee Quinones at that time was a real-life subway graffiti and handball court wall muralist of some renown, known for putting political messages in his pieces, among other things. He really did transition away from painting subway cars to canvas toward the late 1970s, as depicted in this film, and he actually did manage to tour various countries displaying some of those new art pieces. Sandra Fabara, uh, Lady Pink, who actually did have a romance with Quinones off and on for a few years, and Andrew Witten, or Zephyr, were also graffiti artists in the area, and much of the film was shot in the Bronx neighborhood where they resided. In some ways, the grainy 16mm film stock of Wildstyle gets praise among those who've studied film due to its vibe of mixing very low-budget production with capturing slices of real life at the same time. And though it did shoot with some attempt at scripting, Ahern would write each scene the night before they would end up shooting it the next day. There's a loose adherence to that written dialogue. In fact, the cast ended up laughing at Ahern's attempt to try to sound street in his dialogue, so they ended up adjusting their own words to make it feel more authentic, and so they changed the script quite a bit. In this way, it's very reminiscent of the highly improvised works of, say, John Cassavetes and some of the more notable cinema verite examples of European cinema. It may not surprise anyone seeing the film to learn that much of the funding for the reported $200,000 budget came from German and British investors, given that European vibe to the filmmaking. Violent crime is not actually a critical part of the story. That stands in contrast to much hip-hop cinema that would emerge later on, especially during the 1990s. But there is one intense scene in which the out-of-place columnist, played by Patty Astor, nearly finds herself at gunpoint from a trio of hoods who want something from her before they determine they don't want her at all. In place of traditional fights among gangs comes the rap battles among rival crews who either take their turns trying to diss each other or they brag as to why their own crew is the better of the two something that would still continue on to hip-hop to this day. By the same token, some viewers who are looking for production values and quality acting will likely confuse Wildstyle with a bad film without the proper context. It's not exactly a treat for the eyes or maybe even the ears in terms of the cheap film stock and the mono sound design. It's full of non-professional actors who mostly improvised their scenes, which were shot in one take. However, some viewers are also going to consider that an asset in regard to the film because it is about those who make art out of next to nothing, making what some might consider an eyesore or bad to the ears, kind of like graffiti or even the hip-hop in the film or a new form of dance from a beat and a piece of cardboard and making it for those who know and appreciate the talent that it takes to do those things well. This film is gritty and street, and that's fitting because it captures something that is gritty and street, which are these art forms that sprung forth from the 70s through the early 1980s into what they are today. You can kind of think of it as a semi-documentary. There are fictional parts that were reenacted from real things that happened to these characters, and 
And if you think about that, you'll come to appreciate this film for its authenticity as well as its earnestness in capturing the lives of the underground artists of the street at that time and in that place. Though the film itself may have been influential of other films that covered the world of rap, Beat Street and Crush Groove offer broader and glossier takes of those early days of rap. It's really the influence of those rappers of the future that Wild Style would emerge as a source of what's possible. It set the blueprint of hip-hop crews and party rockers for the next several decades. This marriage of hip-hop to street art and breakdancing would also become solidified. And the samples of the dialogue and some of the tracks that are in the film are still incorporated among DJs and among rap producers today. This remains one of the best films ever made about hip-hop, and it features so much rare footage of rap's first generation that it's not only a solid film, but I think that it's essential, time-capsule-worthy stuff to preserve. I really like Wild Style. I definitely recommend it. If you're a hip-hop head of any sort, I definitely do encourage you to see it if you haven't gone out and seen it already. It is pretty much an eye-opener to seeing some of the skill and and gaining some of the appreciation for hip-hop culture and understanding why hip-hop should be considered an art form in many ways, including some of those early tracks by these artists who did it mostly for the love. They weren't making a lot of money. And I have to give a lot of respect to that, to those forefathers that came before for that genre. I'm giving Wild Style three and a half stars out of four. Three and a half stars on my scale means I do think that this is a good movie. It transcends all of those production values and some of the non-professionalism to emerge as something more than that, something that really captures uh, a form of art in its raw form and doing it successfully in a way that's compelling and it's something that really can't be captured by just making traditional filmmaking with a big budget and a lot of professional actors or a high sheen. That would have definitely lost a lot of that. And speaking of losing some of that, it's actually a film I still like, but some of the criticism was lobbed at Beat Street for taking basically a lot of the story and making it a little bit more sugar-coated. So it's fitting that Beat Street from 1984, the following year, will be my next review for hip-hop films of the 1980s. The Harry Belafonte-produced film with professional actors and a lot of good rap. I think there were at least three volumes of the soundtrack that you could buy for Beat Street. And that will be the next review from 1984, Beat Street. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this review. If you did, I do encourage you to click that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. And you'll continue to get all of these film reviews of the 1980s as they come out. And speaking of films as they come out, films that are coming out in the theaters right now, don't forget the Quipster Film Review Podcast. Until next time, thanks, everyone, for joining me on this trip around the world in 80s movies. (laughs) 